0: Hey, everybody. Melissa McKenzie, publisher of the American Spectator, here on the Spectacle podcast with Scott McKay, the awesome, the raging Cajun, the sad. No, stop. It. Stop. Sad sad. You cannot do that. <laughs> Why can't no, I? No,
1: that's not it. Either. Okay. First of all, I'm wearing an LSU hat in <laughs> yeah. uh, recognition of LSU's baseball team, which is number one in the country, 3 uh, 0, destroyed Western Michigan over the weekend and is probably as soon as this podcast ends, uh, is going to go out and beat Southern, which is the number one team in uh, black college baseball. So LSU, the Raging Cajuns are the University of Louisiana at Lafayette, which is 45 minutes away. Mm -hmm. That's ULL. They're the Raging Cajuns. LSU is the Tigers, so don't do that. Besides, we're trying to get away from James Carville, okay? And that Raging Cajun stuff, he can have that. I don't want it. I got nothing to do with the raging cajun thing. So just now that you're corrected, please go on.
0: You seem a little exercised, a little overly exercised about this. Yeah, the raging
1: Cajun thing is it's like it's new and it's fresh and it's not good. So we're gonna we're gonna get away from the raging cajun thing.
0: Okay. Well, um, so we are joined by Scott McKay, the uptight Louisiana <laughs> resident. Oh, oh okay. I, 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 I didn't know I was wading into I this. never do
1: these things to you, you know
0: <laughs> I didn't realize I was wading into these alligator infested waters um, oh my I should have known, I am sorry, also yeah. LSU sucks, but that's another thing um, I have to say, Ooh. it's obligatory in
1: basketball, in men's basketball they absolutely suck, but mm-hmm. not in women's basketball, and not in football and not in baseball
0: okay all right so
1: now gonna... it is a woke indoctrination factory these days that i will give you of course that's kind of every college and it turns out we're going to talk about this some more it's the federal government big time and it's going to get worse but anyway uh yeah
0: yeah well okay so i, I since you brought it up and and since we're on the topic, we'll get to just for people listening, we'll be talking about Biden's fall down the stairs. He, you know, he fell he fell into Ukraine today, <laughs> and <laughs> it's well, I don't know, was it into Ukraine or I think or was it into Poland when he flew over to Poland? I'm not sure which now, because he was. Um, you know, I, dam- I didn't
1: I didn't see where he did it. Um, like the whole thing was a pratfall though, right? Like, I mean, everything about this was idiotic. Like he's going to go to, he's going to go to Kiev, but he won't go to East Palestine where like the American people actually care about what's going on. Um, so he goes to Ukraine and he's going to go give a big sloppy hug to uh, uh, Zelensky, the dictator in a tracksuit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and promise oh, here's another half a billion dollars worth of stuff we're going to pay your pensions it's like what like wait wait who voted for us to pay for Ukraine's pensions you know and meanwhile it like finally finally they declare an emergency and now the EPA is like oh we're going to take charge of East, East Palestine it's been three weeks since this train derailed over there uh, you let the people breathe the air drink the water and do whatever for like three weeks and all, oh now we're going to take charge Right. After they've been telling everybody that it's not a disaster. It took forever for Biden to even agree to give a disaster declaration for that part. of I, I,
0: I thought that right. he hadn't. I thought that they I thought it was. He I mean, finally
1: did, I think. Oh, oh. Um, mm-hmm.
0: I'm Monday, not sure about and that. And now
1: the EPA is like, we're taking charge of the scene. And it's like it takes you all three weeks. Most of the damage is done by now. Um, You know, but it's okay because Biden's going to go to Ukraine and he's going to promise those people the world, uh, you know, in advance of the Russians sending in a half a million troops. And it's like, okay, so you're now basically what committing us to send troops in when the Russians go in. I mean, is that what this is going to be when the Russians start their offensive? Like now we're going to have to like, we're going to have a hot war. Meanwhile, there's news reports that the Chinese are, beginning to arm the Russians, like the Chinese yeah. are selling them all of, you know, they're basically, I guess, trading them oil, or the Russians are trading them oil for military hardware. Um, I'm assuming the Chinese are going to sell the Russians frontline stuff to test it against the American stuff. So we're going to go from, you know, arming the Ukrainians with our old things that beat the hell out of the Russians, new things. And now uh, our old things are going to be up against Chinese new things. Most of which are basically designed stolen stolen from us, um, and we'll or, see or what given,
0: happens. Or given to them by Oopsie, the Clinton administration, the Obama administration. The other thing is is or that, that. Uh, uh, Putin uh, made his um, nuclear arsenal active and has removed himself from the last treaty with us, which he wasn't really keeping anyway, but uh, you know, and they have what, 4,000 warheads? They have more warheads than we do, by the way, because like idiots, we abided by the treaty and got rid of stuff. And so yep. so for those who think that we are the biggest nuclear armed uh, country in the world, that is not true. Russia has more nuclear warheads than we do. Now, whether they're operational or not is a question, but they have more and they are now um, activating them, which hasn't happened, I think, since the Cold War. And, And so here we are on the, I feel like I'm watching Barney Fife roll us into World War III. That's what this feels like to me. Like, it's just a bumbling, rambling thing. Zelensky has this administration and, you know, the Republicans and Democrats by the short hairs because of information he has on them and probably all the money they've laundered through there. And, um, and here's the thing that I'm still so angry about with regard to this whole thing. This did not have to happen. This was not inevitable. A, what? a strong uh, president Biden or president, would not have created a door opening for someone like Putin. But Putin sees saw weakness and sees the opportunity. And uh, so yes, Putin is evil, but so you don't give a guy like that an opening. But our administration did. And so like, it's just as infuriating. If this goes into a, you know, into World War III, which it's like kind of slowly rolling into, this will be the dumbest war in the history of wars in the world of wars. I am, it's just so asinine. It's, it's it's insane. And the thing
1: that, Blows me away about this is okay. So it's a year, right? I guess mm-hmm. February twenty. I, we're recording this on uh, the twenty first. So I guess it was February twenty second of twenty twenty two when the Russians went in. So I guess by the time you guys see this podcast, it'll be a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first wave of uh the Russian attack really kind of got ground into dust i mean you know like they they weren't successfully took some pieces of ukraine but at a enormous cost mm-hmm. um you know they, they realized that their the logistical capabilities of the russian army uh were were much worse than they than they knew and they knew they weren't good um and so you know we I mean, we spent an inordinate amount of money on the Ukrainians, but we gave them a lot of our old stuff that is not top of the line, that if we ever got in a hot war would be stuff that we would use in reserve. Um, And of course, now we don't really have the reserve hardware because we've given it to the Ukrainians and we're not getting it back. And this is after $85 billion worth of hardware that went missing not really missing, but was lost in Afghanistan. Um, so you know, I mean, you're really talking about an enormous amount of war material that we don't have anymore, uh, but what we spent in Ukraine did a really good job of grinding up Russia's army, all right so, had we made peace, had we brokered something um Probably giving Russia some of the Donbass, probably giving them, you know, a bridge to uh, Crimea, right? Um, neither of which are really in America's national interest to preserve for Ukraine. Like, it doesn't matter to us. And the people that live in those areas are mostly Russian. Um, you can make the argument that, well, yeah, but they're traditionally part of Ukraine. And they're mostly Russian only because the Soviets basically moved Russians in. Okay. Yeah, I get all of that. All right. But they were mostly Russian when Ukraine became a country again. And most of those people probably would rather be Russian than Ukrainian. Okay. If you had a plebiscite, that's probably how it would go. And frankly, that is what should have been done is, you know, look, we're going to demilitarize this place. We're going to send nato troops in or whatever and we're gonna have a plebiscite and whichever way the people go and i'm sure that election would be dirty as hell but it is what it is okay um you know that's it we're gonna do it and whoever and then that's the end of the war okay and you know that way our national interest is is served because what we get out of it is we go to the europeans and we say we're going to be the ones that sell you natural gas And not the russians because that's their punishment for this is they got to sell their stuff to china and india um and that that way we eventually make back all the money we spent propping up ukraine um the you know the europeans get to invest in ukraine under some semblance of um the knowledge that okay they're not going to be part of nato but maybe the ukrainians go do a bunch of bilateral deals uh, to, you know, to get some sort of protection, or they just engage in a trade relationship with the Europeans. And that trade relationship is going to involve some sort of, of security guarantees, because if the Germans invest heavily in Ukraine, it means the Russians can't invade Ukraine because then they're trampling on German stuff, right? Like those are the kinds of things that could have been done. Now, you know, uh, can you get Putin to the peace table? Well, if he can walk away with some of Ukraine, then maybe so. Um, but we did nothing.
0: We did well, nothing. I think we, we did worse. No, I think we did worse than nothing. By all right. accounts, we scuttled, um,
1: right. you there know, actual peace deal deals. That
0: was right. mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And so, at least uh, uh, that's what the Israelis said is there was a deal and, and, and NATO and the U.S. essentially scuttled the deal. Um, but I mean, you know, the whole point was is like, okay, maybe the deal was too early and we wanted to bleed Putin a little bit more, but once you got to the winner, make peace. I mean, you know, what the hell it's like, there's no, like, what is the difference in America's national security, global prestige, whatever, if you make peace right now, with the Ukrainians giving away a little slice of the Donbass and like some land bridge to Crimea, which we're not going to, we're not going to allow that war to go on so that the Ukrainians can retake Crimea. That's not going to happen. When the Russians took Crimea, basically we've let them have it. And that was in what, 2014. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eight, nine years ago. We're not, we're not going to say, Oh no, you have to give back Crimea or else the war keeps, going. we're not going to do that. All right. So that, 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 doesn't even matter they want a land bridge to it which is a tiny little piece of land um and some of the donbass it is of no major interest to the united states if the russians get that or not it doesn't matter to us now it might matter to the ukrainians a lot but here's the thing okay ukraine is america's puppet they're a proxy in this all right so the real question is i mean this is what it really comes down to are you willing to make peace with the Russians now, having basically won your proxy war with the Russians because their military has been ground up to the point where they can't really do this to anybody else? That's, that's on one side of the fence. The other side of the fence is, do you continue this and escalate it so that essentially what you're now doing is you're sending in your troops and Russia then becomes China's proxy. And you're in a China a proxy war with the Chinese. The last time we've been, we've been in proxy wars with the Chinese basically twice. Vietnam and Korea. And neither one of them worked out too well. Because the Chinese can keep throwing troops in forever. All right? Right. And we like we fought the actual Chinese in Korea. We didn't even fight the Chinese in Vietnam. It's just that the Chinese and the Russians kept giving the North Vietnamese stuff okay and you know when the other side's got lots and lots of people and you don't have that many to put in i mean you know the way you win is, is your stuff is better and you have more of it but the problem is is that when you get in a proxy war with china now and the manufacturing capability that they have all of this is bad they're and over what like what's the difference? Like, over a slice of the donbass who cares i mean really who cares Um, And you've let this thing go on to such a level. And then, you know, there's the whole business of blowing up that pipeline in the Baltic sea and everything else that, you know, you've escalated this to the point where you might not be able to make peace now. And if I'm Putin, I'm not going to make peace because I got 300,000 fresh troops I'm getting ready to send in.
0: You know, when those guys all
1: get killed, maybe I'll make peace, but.
0: I have a bigger like global issue with all of this. So, so, China has been kind of sitting on the sidelines right now, kind of watching and waiting who 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 do they have a better chance of making money from? And who do they have a better outcome with? And so far they've been dealing with us because they're you know the loss of manufacturing in China and everything if if America pulled everything out and if we stopped trading with them, it would be an absolute disaster. The Chinese people would starve, and and then they have right. a human. But what does China gain with Russia? What they gain with Russia is not only money, but they uh, if they win Ukraine, they gain a breadbasket. Well, and, I mean, Russia
1: can feed China too. I mean, well, I mean,
0: exactly. Russians
1: have a lot of farmland. I mean, right. There, but they, Ukraine you know, they, has they more. Have a, a lot of agricultural.
0: So like you have that, know, is but
1: is it more or is it just, you know, um, a, an additional amount?
0: No, I'm pretty sure it's more. Yeah. I mean, that's the Ukraine's biggest, I mean, the biggest thing that they have going for them is basically their trade with, uh, grains. And that's one of the problems. Ukraine is a
1: bread uh, There's no doubt about that.
0: So, I mean, my point being is right now, China is in trouble as it is. They have had trouble after their zero COVID policy has been just absolutely destructive. They've already got a bunch of people who are malnourished in China. They don't have enough jobs for them. Their real estate economy is completely imploding. Things are not good for China. That makes them dangerous right. because they're willing to try things that they might not necessarily do because she knows what happens when the Chinese people revolt. It's not pretty. Cause they have a lot of people. The other thing is they have a lot of people and they have a lot of men, military age with nothing to do with them. Yep. And they also share a border with Russia. So does and I don't think the the our current administration or any really anybody is considering the fact how easy it would be for China to help Russia with not only technology, but manpower and why it might be advantageous for them to do so. Yeah. And so it's like, what are you thinking? You know, they don't have to be super smart in China. Their tech doesn't even have to be good. They have bodies to burn and. Mm-hmm. And Russia has learned that, you know, Putin has been uh, probably very dismayed to learn that uh, his troops and his equipment are not up to snuff, but he's sitting on a pile of gold and that can buy you a lot.
1: Well, I mean, that's just it. You know, if he's willing to turn his country into an economic colony of China, which probably is you know they'd be better off than what they've been right um you know i mean I, there's a lot that chinese can do right i mean you know they got they've got the population they can they can bring troops to the table china is basically building a global empire you go look at what the chinese are doing in africa now um the people that china can mobilize from africa if the thing really becomes becomes a world war um, it's not a good idea if you get in a situation where it's the Russians and the Chinese getting together and we're on the opposite side of a global conflict. I mean, you know, the old, the old line is, is, you know, don't ever get in a land war in Asia, right? Um, well, if the Russians and the Chinese are allies, then <laughs> the land war is in Eurasia, not Asia, because if the Chinese will send people in on the Russian side, um, you know, and I think most of this is like, you really don't even want to contemplate it all.
0: Okay. So Scott, my question is with all of this, we're thinking about these dire possibilities. Why isn't our government thinking about it on the right or the left? Is it, is it a failure of imagination? Do they just think it's unfathomable that something like what we're describing could happen. I mean, we really are not giving Putin many choices in this kind of war. And he has has nuclear power. And if the Chinese help him, he has bodies and technology that, that Ukraine won't have because they will have old Western equipment.
1: Oh, until they get top-of-the-line Western equipment, but then again, you're going to need top-of-the-line Western troops because the Ukrainians are
0: out of that. Um, Well, and and who's manufacturing this stuff? I mean, a lot of the things that we have manufactured are manufactured in China. I know. So are we going to fire Detroit back up and all of the defunct, uh, you know assembly lines that we have and and make uh bullets and bombs again is that what's going to happen
1: probably i mean i you know if you get into a world war that's what you're going to have to do um you know and it's you're right back to the 1940s all over again um but i mean you know again you know like what's the what's the percentage here like what, what do we get out of this you know, I mean, like, what do we what are we really trying to get? Are we are we trying to, you know, we're we gonna bring Ukraine into NATO? And how does that make NATO better? The Ukraine's the most corrupt country in Europe. Um, it's the breadbasket of the whole continent, and yet it's one of the poorest countries there. I mean, it's like nothing but still but,
0: but still richer than Russia. Well, I yeah. mean still better off than Russia. One of the things that's been surprising to the russian troops is coming in they've heard all these bad things about ukraine they come in here and they're like wait a minute
1: it's nicer than back home
0: it's nicer than back home at least
1: it was before they blew the place up um you know so but like so it's like um what are we getting out of this you know and and the thing that you know i mean i've seen this over and over again and i think it's probably true i mean the thing that's that's obvious is the interest that we have here is not a national interest it's a personal interest right i mean the bidens got bribed by the ukrainians right i mean like that's that's what this is that, you know? that does
0: that explain why everybody in washington left and right is for this thing
1: well, okay, so Ukraine's been on money laundry for a lot of people for a long time, so I'm sure there. are I mean, you know, you go look at the Lindsey Grahams of the world and people like mm-hmm. that, and you know they have their grubby little fingers in, in some of these pots. You know, this, this, you know, humanitarian aid that goes through contractors who have offices on K Street, right, like, I mean, we all know about that, okay, um and it's one of the reasons that i think trump got impeached was that he wanted to go dig around in there and see what Mm -hmm. was going on and of course all of the old hands that were involved in ukraine policy the vindmans and the Victoria newlands and you know those kind of people you know they're, they're the ones that were desperate to see trump get impeached over a phone call to investigate a crime right it's ultimately what that first Trump impeachment was. He, you know, he made a phone call. Saying, hey, could you guys help us investigate criminal behavior by our people? Not your people, our people. Um, well,
0: And our people, let's be clear. are Mitt Romney has a per- person. John Kerry, yeah. John McCain. Uh, and the Bidens. And the Bidens. Pelosi's right. kid. Yeah. I mean, the the number of of dc elite uh you know offspring friends advisors to look
1: there are there are you know more than a handful of countries where this is true uh you know just like it is with the ukraine um mm-hmm. and so and this is a scam that has been run out of dc for a very long time with this foreign aid and mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's basically free money for the politically connected to get contracts to go deliver humanitarian aid to uh, these other countries. And, you know, one of the things Trump did was like, okay, I'll give the Ukrainians military hardware. I'm going to call up Raytheon or whatever. And it was like, hey, go send, you know, these rockets to the Ukrainians. And it was like, wait, no, you can't do that. It's supposed to go through these cutouts so that we can all get our peace. And he's like, yeah, it's a waste of money. I'm not doing it. It was like, oh, well, now we're going to beat you over Ukraine, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. So, like, I, I hate to say it, but I think that is what's driving this. Not because I've heard all the arguments about how important it is to democracy. That it's like, wait a minute, this guy has basically persecuted the Orthodox Church in Ukraine. He's persecuted like he's not even letting them have services unless, you know, unless they're friendly to the government. He shut down all opposition media in the country.
0: I mean, he's... Zelensky we're talking about. Yes.
1: He's a mm-hmm. dictator in a tracksuit is what this yeah. guy is. And, you know, and we're oh, but he's that's democracy and it's like no, okay? I mean, from the standpoint of how the place is structured at least now, there's no moral superiority between the Ukrainian government and the right. Russian government. I mean, certainly the ukrainian people i think have a have a better moral claim than the russians do i'm not arguing that no,
0: they're defending their own land and they've right. been that's invaded. what i'm saying. i
1: mean yeah they got invaded it's their right. stuff getting blown up so right. obviously you know i feel for the i guarantee you the average ukrainian to look at Zelensky's government like it was really not this guy's not much better than putin okay um
0: and he, my, uh, they
1: know how corrupt their government is, and who all of these the you're between the Europeans and the Americans, all of these, the political elite that's mixed up in you know basically stealing money that was supposed to go to help the Ukrainian people. Like they know all this stuff. They've accepted, they accepted it thirty years ago, like that this is the way of the world. Um, but now you know, like they're the pawns of this, you know, uh, this idiotic battle between putin on one side and the john Kerrys and joe biden's of the world on the other and it's like you know you can tell i mean you know yeah there's a bunch of ukrainians that are hanging in there and fighting for their country but they've had millions of ukrainians pick up and leave okay millions and that's that's an indication you know, that, I mean, it's not that they're not patriotic people or whatever, but they're like, I'm not going to stay here and die for Zelensky.
0: Right. The hell with
1: that. Let's get out of here.
0: Well, um, okay. So my, th- this is my pet theory that all of this corruption existed, that the, um you know, Zelensky going around and destroying all the evidence, hopefully he still has copies of it. So he This is why the United States was so eager to make sure this was all cleaned up. But now Zelensky has the Biden administration and Western elites who he knows all the dirt on because of what's been funneled through Ukraine. And, you know, things like the Sam Bakeman fried type deal where there's money going to uh, Ukraine and then it comes back around to people, you know, Democrats in the tune of millions. You know, it's just a big money laundering thing. So you have that and you have that, that sort of motivation to make sure that that is kind of cleaned up and you have the, um, military industrial complex as per usual, people will say that, um, I, there've been a couple of hit pieces written about me, Scott. By certain neocons, basically saying that I'm morally obtuse because I'm not seeing the, uh, the defense of Ukraine as a noble effort of for defending people's right to termination. Yes, we have helped defend these people. But ultimately, what we're doing now is destroying their country just there's not going to be anything left the at the rate right. that putin is going and so right. what exactly are we preserving for these people it's going to be a pile of rubble i mean it's going to it's aleppo you know in syria yeah. where it's just right. i mean that yeah that's okay. you
1: know so what are we doing we're going to have a stalingrad i mean is that really i mean look if putin had the means okay and and the will that, you know, he wasn't going to stop until he got to the English channel. All right. Um, then I could understand saying, okay, well, you know, let's grind this guy to dust in Ukraine. And, you know, if there's, if there's not a blade of grass left standing in Ukraine, so be it. Right. Mm-hmm. But this, at the end of the day, is really a border conflict. Right. Putin is trying to get as much of Ukraine as he can get. Um, but, You know, did you hear,
0: did you hear his speech today? So he gave a speech talking about, uh, how, you know, Western values are terrible, how it's never going to be Russian values, how they are, are emphasizing in Hollywood, you know, they're trying to make pedophilia. Okay. The destruction of families, like using basically conservative talking points, right about Western culture and all I could think of is that the devil himself appears to be an angel of light, you know? So like Putin is not a good guy. I don't think he believes anything what he says, but I do know that he uh, um, knows what certain people in America wanna hear and also it doesn't mean that what he's saying is wrong so it does seem I, to me sometimes i feel like are we fighting for the right for zelensky to wear leather pants and high heels and gyrate around is that what I, the, the that we're defending here with yeah, all I mean, these high and well, mighty moral values it's just and this takes us into the next thing you know on the very same day that putin's giving a speech indicting the west for their you know immorality and basic scumbaggery we have the biden administration talking about dei right and 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 uh in using the whole federal government as a means to make intractable and impossible to root out this utterly divisive completely baloney um ideology it's a new religion and the yeah. uh, the minister of this is none other than Susan Rice. Yeah, and I
1: mean, right. Um. Well, and there's a like there's kind of a connecting piece between Putin's speech and and this Biden executive order that that makes Susan Rice the DEI czar for the federal government, and that's Anchorage. If you remember, right after Biden took office, um. Uh, the Chinese foreign minister goes to Anchorage and sits down with Anthony Blinken mm-hmm. and proceeds to berate him using Black Lives Matter uh, rhetoric for right. like a half an hour with <laughs> nonstop about how America is a terrible country and all this kind of stuff. And the Chinese are running around talking about, you know, America should stop slaughtering Black Americans. Um, China,
0: by the way, is... The most racist country against black people, I think, in the world. I mean, are the most racist the against
1: everybody who's not Han Chinese. I mean,
0: exactly right.
1: I, I think maybe Koreans might be a little bit more racist than Chinese, but not by much.
0: I don't know.
1: And you just don't. I mean, like you compare that culture to our culture, and like literally, we're the least racist country in the world. Which right, is, this makes this is it makes your blood boil. Mm-hmm. Over this this idea of, yeah, OK, like people of different races, no matter in what situation you put them in, tend not to get along perfectly. Right. There's going to be friction here and there. That's human experience. We get that. We do more in America to try to, to paper that over or, or grease those wheels than anyone in world history has ever done. Right. And yet right. it's never good enough for Democrats who see uh, uh, advantage in it. And so now they're gonna to try to weaponize the entire federal government against not just white people but just normal folks who are tired of talking and thinking about race and sex and mm-hmm. you know, uh, things that are uh, uh, biblically sanctioned, put it that way. Um, you know, like th- anybody who, who you know, wants to hew to more of a traditional moral line is Mm -hmm. is a bigot and of course now and it's like okay i get that putin's given that speech all right but now you're pro putin if you're a traditional christian is how this is going to end up playing out all right Right. and i mean they've called you pro putin if you didn't want to go to world war three over freaking ukraine and now the cultural piece is going to get thrown in there which you know thanks a lot vlad um
0: well he knows what he's doing he knows he knows he's
1: divisive And like you said, he's not wrong, okay? I mean, like, the the guy is, I mean, if look, if I'm trying to rally the Russian people, that's exactly what I would do. Look what happened in Afghanistan in 2021, right? Right. We've talked about this. We go spend Pride Month flying the rainbow flag over the U.S. Embassy in Kabul, and six weeks later, the freaking country goes to the Taliban. And why? Because the Afghans looked at that rainbow flag and said, I'd rather be run by the Taliban than these degenerate Americans. Right. Who like, you know, w- want
0: to take our kids trans.
1: And of course, it's kind First of they, a,
0: they have a problem with child rape over there. Yeah, it's but like... The, it's like the, I mean, it's...
1: Like you guys really don't have a big moral case to make being as though you spend all your time having sex with the little boys over there. But the point is, like... You don't make a political cause out of it. If you're the Afghans, you're kind of a little ashamed of that, right? You right. go fly the flag at the embassy and they're like, mm-hmm. ah, these guys are gross. And that was the end of that. Okay. So Putin looks at things as well. Okay. The way that you beat America from a from a rhetorical and and, you know, moral standpoint is you just talk about how it's a degenerate country full of, you know, gay people and trans people and everybody's a racist. In other words, you just basically Mm -hmm. spit the Democrats line back at them. And half of America is like, he's right. Like, I don't want Vladimir Putin to be right, but he's right right about this. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the way I look at it is, it'd be really nice if we had our house in order. But the people who want to fight World War III now are the same people who have let our culture become something that frankly isn't worth what fighting a world war for okay right. i mean like that's the bad
0: oh well, not to not to you and i there's plenty of people who seem to be happy about it but the thing is is that if you know what this reminds me of wait so, wait, wait
1: before, before you do that let, yeah. me, let me make this quick point because otherwise i'll forget it and it's too damn good for me to forget mm, um okay military recruitment is down, right. right? People don't want to fight for the government that is going to put Susan Rice in charge of DEI and puts Sam Brinton in charge of the nuclear waste stockpile and puts freaking uh, 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 Richard Levine, Rachel Levine in charge of like DHHS, right? People don't want to, you know, the woke military, people don't want to fight for that. All right. And- what we're seeing is that nobody leaves Antifa to go join the US Marines.
0: Right, well, that, was, that was gonna be my point, Scott. I was gonna, I, my, my, oh, that's okay. <laughs> um, so like in churches, you know, we have these, we've had these churches, you know, divide ideologically and the people who are left behind are the woke folks, but the woke don't uh, tithe and right. the woke don't take care of the church and the woke don't sing in the choir. And they don't really attend very often. So you have these empty sepulchers across the country and then the true believers leave and have to like rebuild or start something new or whatever. It's the same type of thing, which was happening in our military. So you have, it's not the woke who want to go in the military. No, they're either on uh Skid Row in LA joining Antifa or in Portland or Seattle or whatever, or their trust fund kids doped out and nothing to do and the, and they're, you know the shock troops for the Democrats, um, or, uh, you know, they're basically layabouts. These are not people who are gonna be going into the military to fight for their own right to wear a dress and high heels and makeup on TikTok, no. So who does that? It is the God-fearing, patriotic young men of the Midwest and the South who do that. And those are the people who defend the values that all of the leftists take absolutely for granted. And so who they, you know, and they put their little Ukraine flag in their Twitter bio and think they've done something great Right. But we'll never do something to fight in defense of our country. In fact, the young people are the least patriotic of all generations because they've been told that America is bad and terrible and right. not worth defending or fighting for. And so well, that, we that's have- That's the
1: point, right? Like, I mean, you've, you're you're trashing the American culture that created a superpower. Right. I, you're not even trashing it, you've trashed it. Like it's, at this point we have to rebuild it. Right. Um, right. But, you know, you're still enjoying the trappings of being a superpower. And so it's, oh, we have to defend Ukraine no matter what. And it's like, no matter what. I mean, it's been known for a while. We're going to lose the next war we fight. Right. Because we don't like, I mean, we're not the kind of country that wins wars. Like we have to have we have to have a massive national turnaround if this is going to happen. And um
0: Well, you've got two problems. You've got the people on the left who don't think there's anything worth fighting for because, and because they just don't believe in the American idea and never have. And then on the right, you have people like me who are like over my dead body should a young, these, these young people are, who are willing to go into the military. My son's got three friends, you know, at different. Uh, military schools right now, and I can tell you right here, right now, America does not deserve them. These boys could have gone to a, a, uh, you know, a really great either state or Ivy League university type of. Uh, um, education and they are instead choosing, these are the Eagle st- scouts choosing to enter the military in America right now does not deserve them. And then they're tormenting them when they get into the military, feeding the their heads crap. with right. woke bull crap and, um, hamstringing them when it comes to what it actually means to defend the country it's a lose, lose proposition. And so any, you know, all these vast military families are going, no, yeah, I don't want to send my boy into that. Well, you're gutting what it makes. And so now they're having to recruit complete morons. And we know what happens when you do that. Um, Vietnam, you know, they did that in Vietnam and it was disastrous Right. You know, and and I'm not talking just about the draft. I'm talking about allowing people who really were not qualified to fight and it caused more problems for our own side. And so here we are in the situation of the left's making in our country. You know, we are not. So now we're the country that lets white balloons fly over or we shoot down or use two $400,000 missiles to shoot down a $17 you know, weather balloon. I mean, and we look like idiots. Right. And so
1: well, that, that kind of stuff is provocative.
0: Right. It's provocative. The
1: United States and you look at the Chinese spy balloon that flies across the ocean and then the uh, Northern Illinois uh, uh, bottle cap balloon brigades, uh, balloon gets <laughs> we s- splashed in a lake in the Yukon, um, right. you know, with a half a million dollar missile. And you're like, Oh, my God, this is so much easier than we ever thought it was. I mean, if you're Boko Haram or if you're, you know, one of these other, you're like, the, you know, gates open, boys. Let's go do what we want. Um, and it's, you know, it's a terribly horrible thing. And the thing of it is, is that for 50 years, this wasn't a problem. I mean, we had bad American presidents that managed to hold things together to some extent. I mean, you know, Jimmy Carter is in hospice now and, you know, we all, you know, we thought Jimmy Carter was the worst ever and certainly Desert One was a disaster and all this kind of stuff, but he didn't lose the Cold War in the four years he was in office Um, and they had begun to rebuild the military a little by the end of Carter's um, uh, time in office. Reagan gets most, most of the credit for that as he should. But you know they had begun recovering a little from Vietnam when Carter was there, um, so it wasn't a total unmitigated disaster when he was there. This is a total unmitigated disaster.
0: But um, the thing that drives me crazy is we have Republicans who don't seem to realize it. It's one thing, you know. At least um, there, there's just no, there's no talking sense on the right either. And so this is what I am just not and and (coughs) I'd like to bring something else up just for a second that's kind of tangentially related to this. Is we had a lot of people who were never Trump, right? Mm -hmm. And they, you know, they populate places like the dispatch and bulwark and whatever. But now these same people are trashing Ron DeSantis. And I'm like, this is not so on the right, we have people who are what are they just anti-republican now yes. or anti yes. anti-american because i mean i won't mention the name but she's been a friend of mine in the past talking positively about biden and negatively about ron DeSantis. i can't even take you seriously no, well you
1: shouldn't i mean those are people who um Ultimately, what that comes down to, those are people who have refused to admit that they're wrong, right? Um, I mean, like you know, in a, in a sort of a sports fan analogy, right? They didn't like the new coach that got hired, so they want the team to lose, right? Right. That that's what that's what these people are, and and at the end of the day, I mean, this is you know, it's it's a neocon thing. Um, when you objectively look at the things that you believed, and you realize that they were disastrous, and you refuse to accept uh, the evidence, and say, okay, you know, look, I mean, everybody's fallible, I was wrong, right? right. Uh, when you refuse to do that, and you keep doubling down on a failed philosoph- philosophical agenda, ideological agenda, mm-hmm. um, you know, th- that's when you become a Bill Crystal or a David French, um, or some, a, a whole bunch of other people that you could name, mm-hmm. um, that's when you become these guys. And look, I mean, I, you know, I'll fess up to it. There was a time when I agreed with a lot of the neocon stuff, right? I mean, you know, what blew me away was that we had absolutely no plan on how to run Iraq uh, or Afghanistan after we invaded the place, uh, both of those places, and then didn't get out was when I started look like what are we doing here um but you know i mean i I was okay with the arguments to go in afghanistan i was okay with the arguments to go in iraq um you know i like to me i never really did understand why a punitive exposition is such a bad idea like you go in there you break everything you kill as many people as you need to and then you get the hell out of there i never understood the idea that oh no we're gonna rebuild this place and turn it into south korea and it's like have any idea how long it turned it took to turn South Korea into South Korea I mean we went in that was like 1950 was when that war broke out and it was 1978 or nine before they had the first national election in South Korea this is a military dictatorship for like almost 30 years because they had the North Koreans right next I mean it, it took forever to build up enough civil society and right, uh, right. individual prosperity and those kinds of things that you could turn that place over and, and make it a democracy um,
0: but there was never a commitment or a explanation to the American people that that was happening and going to happen in the East. and in fact they had no it, tradition it, of it happening no tra- exactly I mean, and
1: in- you had you had some of uh, something of a tradition in Japan. Right. Which is why, and in Germany, okay, in which Germany, is why those work. You didn't really have it in uh, Korea, and so it took basically thirty years of an American puppet military dictatorship in South Korea before all of a sudden you had the institutions in place that, when you flip the switch and turn the place into a democracy, that I mean, they beat each other up in you know, on the floor of the legislature, but. <laughs> Other than that, you know, it functions fairly I well. I kind
0: of don't mind that, you know, you know, bring back the There swords. are some
1: people in Congress I'd love to see take a beat down on the House floor. I'm like, <laughs> believe me, I'd, I'd be perfectly good with that. Um, but I mean, you know, the point is, is like all of that was always unreasonable. It was unrealistic right. to, 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 I mean, you were never going to do that in Afghanistan. That was never going to happen, okay? Right. Those people are not capable of having a democracy, okay? They don't have a civil society in Afghanistan. The best you're gonna get is a king who's a benevolent dictator. That's the best you'll ever gonna get. And so if you were gonna do Afghanistan, where was the king, right? Like where was our friendly Saddam Hussein in Iraq? And they sat there, oh, well, we're not gonna do that. And if you remember, Bush gives that awful, Second inaugural speech about how oh we're gonna go you know balls to the wall for democracy everywhere in the world because that's what these people all want and it's like mm-hmm. what you know and they're like you still have these guys who like this is still their little political religion is right. oh no 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 all of that's right and we need to keep going it's like no 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 we've the treasury is empty we're bankrupt.
0: Well, the crazy thing is it is that these are the same people who would say that well there's kind of the schizophrenia certainly on the left these people will talk about cultural appropriation and you know cultural uh imposing your values and they're the most uh provincial people you've ever met as if the people of Kabul in Afghanistan are going to have the same values as a Brooklynite. I mean, Hell's bells, people in Texas don't have the same values as the people in Brooklyn.
1: And people and, in Brooklyn think people in Texas are just like people in Afghanistan,
0: right? Which is why they view why the anyone on the right is now considered a domestic terrorist. Why? Why the Catholic people? Evidently, if you go to a Latin mass. You are a potential terrorist. I mean right. and and the government is serious about this, how they view their own people, right. and so the, the well, same people so they want to impose their values not only across the country, but across the world. They right. think that they are more enlightened and they know better right.
1: and, and- of course, it, uh, it's a it's a dog's breakfast of different things. It's totally ridiculous. Right. Putting on a sombrero for you know, Cinco de Mayo is that's cultural appropriation. And it makes you a bad person. Right. But flying the rainbow flag at the embassy in Kabul is beachy keen. And it's like, you know, you, there's no sense in any of what you guys say. It's all crap. Right. Like you're just making it up as you go along. Um, and, and, you know, really what it is, is to put upon normal people and keep us all on our toes. Um, you know, because I mean, it's designed to make you, um, subservient and compliant and unthinking. So when they tell you, oh, you don't need to put a mask. Well, wait, no, you do need to put a mask on. Mm -hmm. You put the mask on because you do what you're told. Um,
0: Oh, Oh, here's a great example of something I just read yesterday. So, uh there was an article in The Economist talking about that Venice, um, evidently the canals are dry. Now, literally last year, I was watching this video about how we really have to enjoy Venice now because it's going to be flooded. The water is going to overtake the city and it's going to be uninhabitable. We've got about 20 years left. Literally, this uh, this was a uh, a kind of, and I even said to my son, I was like, ah, maybe we should consider, you know, making a trip to Italy to at least see this, you know, it's pretty much a natural wonder of the world. And it's kind of cool, you know, before this is all gone. And (laughs) this year, there's no water in the canals. I'm like, what? But again, it's the same thing. Sea
1: levels have not actually risen right like they've not risen like it's been whatever just 10 11 years um and there's 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 no sea level rise in fact there's no global rise in temperature for more than a hundred months there's none and they say well but it's a pause and the pause (laughs) will stop and -hmm. when that happens you get the hockey stick and it's like yeah but that's not what you said when you started this you gave us a hockey stick back in 2001 and none of your predictions have come true there's an explanation every time like you know, oh well but look it's you know flooded in miami and it's like yeah that's not sea level rise that's tides right. and it's also um the land sinks because you put 50-story buildings on it
0: right. like, on, I mean, uh, on a beach sand, essentially right so,
1: i mean you know so like this is an issue that you know requires some civil engineering but it's not a global warming issue and mm-hmm. they, you know they've gotten to the point where you know earthquakes are now global warming and it's like guys right you know when you gotta try this hard ultimately it means you're full of shit <laughs> like, ultimately
0: they're full of shit.
1: And they are. And everybody, I think, realizes that. And, you know, when they when they brought out Greta Thunberg, mm-hmm. right, and you know, who, who is now a pro trans advocate, because of oh, course, big she, surprise, mm-hmm. of course she is. And it's like, oh, right. Okay. There's like a really funny Babylon Bee video. I think it's actually from a couple of years ago, but I, I, I like ran across it on YouTube over the weekend and it's you know the master class um, uh, things where they you know, they get all these different people going to teach a master class over the internet and they're like yeah we've fired all our master class instructors and we just hired Greta Thunberg cuz she's <laughs> doing all <laughs> of it now and it's like bound, you know, Greta Thunberg teaches you coal mining how dare you and it's like it's so funny like just typical babylon B stuff but like they brought her out. Right. And we've talked about her before, but she's such a perfect avatar for this, you know, climate change advocacy crap that which is another one of the sacraments of this woke religion, you know, is you've got your your lifestyle has to go down the tubes to save the planet and the planet barely knows we're there. I mean, that's (laughs) that's the thing is, you know, you go and you look at the like these earthquakes to keep happening in Turkey. I think this morning there was another 6.4. It's oh. like, isn't even all that big an earthquake in Turkey anymore. Like if it's not 7.8, then you know, they don't even care because you know, anything that a 6.4 would shake down has probably already been taken down. Mm-hmm. And you know, but like that has nothing to do with the climate, it has nothing to do with people, right? It's just, that's the earth which is bigger than us and couldn't care less about us and, you know, we'll do whatever. And, you know, these, they're like children, these people that think, Oh, well, you know, you, you know, you flying across the country or you having an SUV or you eating meat is, you know, this is unsustainable. And it's like, how is it unsustainable? We've been doing this for 5,000 years with the eating meat. (laughs) <laughs> like, well, what, are you, what are you even talking about? By the way, having all those cows and they poo, that's fertilizer that feeds plants that makes the planet greener. <laughs> Did
0: right? you see Al Gore over in the World Economic Forum? I think he was like nearly... Unhinged lunatic. And then, uh, he's completely unhinged. This guy
1: needs to be committed to a mental institution. He's nuts. He's nuts. He's Bill he... Gates is nuts. I mean, we're governed by people who are literally off their freaking rocker. I mean, Joe Biden is non-compost mentis, mm-hmm. all right? Um, Kamala Harris, I mean, it, it's, there's nothing, there's nothing there. That's an empty head, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, like she got where she got, Um, you know, like-
0: Laterally. The, the, different the, the,
1: orifice the... than the one we hear her talk out of.
0: Yeah. It uh, hey, was the okay. operative
1: thing with Kamala Harris. And I and mean, like- something- just- you just look across the board at the people who have power in this country mm-hmm. and they're not right in the head and the things that they want are things that 20 years ago before the whole country kind of went mad were evidence of mental illness okay i mean like there were, people would say oh, no, no no you can't that's crazy you can't have it and now it's it's you know, the people that want to defend the norms of 20 years ago, they say, are crazy. And then you want to ask the American people to sacrifice for this regime, right? Whether it's uh, let your standard of living go to hell well,
0: that's or
1: um, give up you your free speech.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Send your kids to fight uh, in the military against the Russians in Ukraine or the Chinese in Taiwan or whatever mm-hmm. um, and I, like I don't know how you're gonna get I mean maybe you can harvest enough ballots to win elections and get somebody like a John Fetterman elected okay maybe that maybe you can do that I mean obviously in some places you can we're seeing that but I can tell you you're not gonna hold a country together like that ultimately well, I mean people that, just I don't not, think they, they just
0: won't they won't do it I don't think they care about that so okay so there's i have a bone to pick with you all right all right so our, our readers need to hear about this so you wrote a piece that got us banned on twitter on facebook i know I and am. everywhere and it's, on this, and
1: it's on this topic too
0: and it's on this topic so you talked about transgenderism being crazy mental illness mental illness right which and- i
1: am correct Yes. It's still listed as a mental illness. It's still right. listed as one, and yet, if you say this on Twitter that Elon Musk owns now, mm-hmm. if you say this,
0: Twitter will ban you. So three thousand, they have three thousand employees, or you know, roundabout, and which is a fraction of what they had before, but it's, it's still enough for us to still we appealed that. It went through the appeals process and they still said we had to take down the tweet that said that just merely linked to your article. Right. And the issue that I have with this is that when it comes to free speech, it doesn't mean that you agree with what is said and then all the agreeable things get to be put out there. Right. No, it means that free speech, Elon, Mr. South American, South African, you know, I'll give you an American education on free speech. Of course, the people here in the United States don't know what it is either, but that means freedom for people to disagree with you. So like, there's going to be lots of times people say crazy stuff that you disagree with that doesn't, that, that may or may not be right or wrong. I mean, in this case, you're right, but the, the, thank you. Well, I mean,
1: you're wavering a little bit there.
0: Well, I'm not wavering a little bit. I'm just saying that like, as far as, you know, free speech goes, people need to understand that free speech means nothing. If you all agree about everything.
1: Let me tell you about, let me tell you about Facebook. Okay. So, um, that I can tell, um, that, uh, American spectator piece didn't engender anybody to get banned on Facebook. But um, what did result in a ban was the suggestion that, and this was based on there's a video floating around the internet that, like, um, it's this black guy and he shows up at the school because his five, six year old grandson, um, some teacher put him in a dress and this guy didn't like that one bit and so he shows up
0: this is something that actually happened yes and
1: so uh, i don't know chicago or somewhere anyway i i I actually i don't know i don't know where it was i think by the accents i think it's somewhere in the midwest um but uh so anyway he shows up and he's got his phone and he's talking to this to this woman who's the teacher he's like excuse me, uh, you put my grandson in a dress. And she's like, "Um, yeah, you know, and he's like, okay, well, no, like that, you know, uh -uh. she's like, well, you need to talk to the principal. He's like, no, 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 I'm gonna talk to you. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is this whole thing plays out. And I mean, you know, he's uh, very unhappy. He's not mean, nasty, violent, whatever. But um, so anyway, um, I'm on Facebook and I, I share this, and I'm like, so, like these faculty and administrators that um, that you know want to, they think it's a cool idea to like trans a five year old. All mm-hmm. right, tell you what, uh, we ought to pass a law saying that before you do that, you have to go through the process yourself. Right? You got to go through the hormones, and you're gonna like you're gonna have to go like you're a woman. You're gonna get top surgery, and you're gonna get you're gonna get those things done so that you can experience what it is that you're leading these kids into right, right. where there's an 80 percent suicidal ideation mm-hmm. rate and a 40 percent suicide attempt rate and mm-hmm. a 100 you know medical problems for the rest of your life rate yeah. all right before you take defenseless five six seven year old kids and drag them through that okay or start them on the road to it you need to do it yourself so You post that on Facebook, you get banned for three days. Why? Because you're inciting violence. It's inciting violence to suggest that the adults who are leading these people into, you know, that Pandora's box, taste some of it themselves. And I mean, the, the the level of cognitive dissonance and irony in that is just mind-blowing, but that's where we are with these social media apps. And again, they, like, they want you to fight for your country, and they want right. you to pay more taxes than you're paying now, and they want you to give up your freedom of speech. They want you to give up your Second Amendment rights, right? I mean, like, th- this is what they're asking of you. And what are they given? We're going to trans your kid. And if you complain about it on Facebook, we're going to say you're a violent. Right. No, no, guys. And
0: I do have, there are some it. rays of hope. I have, there are rays of hope. Okay. So we've painted a very bleak dystopian picture, basically because we're in Biden's world and we're living it. you know, um, he's a warmonger. Evidently, you remember yeah. when that was thrown around about Bush? Let's so, stay went
1: from being for the nuclear freeze back in, ni- in 1984, right. right? To being like, hey, let's get you know, pour American troops into the meat grinder as soon as I can make you know, my own party go for it,
0: right? Well, so I don't know if you've seen or not, but uh, South Park had an episode based on. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Did you see it?
1: Just watched the clips of it.
0: I watched the, the whole the worldwide, thing. With-
1: the worldwide privacy tour.
0: <laughs> it was so good. It's and, hilarious. And it wasn't even like as some hardcore, uh, which I'm not. So, you know, take this for what it's worth. But uh, hardcore South Park people were like, they went easy on them. But even still, and with their baby sensibilities Self-heart
1: easy is not easy.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's not easy. And it was so funny. And um, yeah. where the, you know, at the end, which is, I don't know if you saw one of the clips, but they were deciding whether or not they were going to give this, you know, kind of thing up or not. And at the end, they opened. I first off, can we just say that? the way they portray Canadians is just the best. <laughs> they're not like, they're not even human. I love that the butt of every joke is that the Canadians, you know, are kind of like puppets <laughs> and kind of right. unthinking puppets. Right. <laughs> so Anyway, so they open up, you know, her head and like yell into it and it's the void. <laughs> There's nothing in there. And, um, her husband is like offended for her, and oh my goodness! And that the title of his book is wah, wah. <laughs> I was, it was so good. And I think I would like to thank whatever is Trey Parker and his yeah, partner. Matt. Basically, oh, I, I forget remember what
1: Matt's last name is, yeah, Matt is. But-
0: so. But they I th- they speak for all Americans in one. <laughs> like Absolutely. just shut up. Go away. And evidently they're just really the, the Oh,
1: they I there they're was, distraught I read about it. Yeah, she's distraught and she's she's now, you know, in counseling because it's and it's like you know they're what they're
0: debating Dude, legal action and I hope they
1: What are you do gonna it? do? You're gonna sue you're gonna sue South Park? I mean, I'm not sure that that South Park's publicists aren't like ginning that up you know you could sue
0: us (laughs) i hope they do i mean that would just be the best
1: there'll be a countersuit i don't even know what the countersuit will be the countersuit will win (laughs) um you know like so um yeah no it's it's hilariously funny honestly if we had you know free speech at the level that we used to have like in the 80s and the 90s this would be an incredibly awesome time for satire and comedy, yeah, and humor, yeah. because there is so much to make fun of. Right. You know, like I can't even imagine what comedians from the night like Richard Belzer just died. What Richard Belzer doing a stand-up act on John Fetterman, what that would look like. Cause that would probably that would be that would bring the house down no matter where. I mean it would be the funniest thing that you ever saw. Is you know some of these kind of old time shock comedians to get a hold of John Fetterman and just rip that whole thing apart because it's yeah okay it's sad the guy's got medical problems but that's not the issue no okay? what's it sad is he's got he,
0: I mean that's not sad yeah uh, you know lots of people have medical issues what's sad is the people around him who exploited right. this guy and what's sad are the voters in in Pennsylvania that they would vote They're for uh, like an empty sack of potatoes. to be the representative i mean it's just
1: insane but see that's the thing the whole kind of woke sensibility oh you can't sit it's like no, no. back when i grew up right like when i was growing up where it was freewheeling and you could take shots at anybody for anything you want to run for the senate right and you're like in other words you're gonna have that kind of power and privilege and you're you're a you're a, a meat sack right? Like you're a non-compost menace, they would rip you six ways to Sunday and everybody would laugh because they would know that, hey, you brought this on yourself running for the U.S. Senate, right? And that wife, the Brazilian who came here as an illegal and is now like this close to being an actual U.S. Senator and probably is a de facto U.S. Senator as it is now, okay? I mean they would hammer her. I had the, you know the piece at the American Spectator this morning I'm, she's Senora Macbeth is what she is because yeah. that's basically what's going on here and it's oh, you can't say that because look at her and she's doing the best she can to hold her family right. together and it's like
0: what right what?
1: Mm-hmm. No hold her family together would be like, honey, you just had a stroke that almost killed you and you're right. gonna be, years recovering from it you're not running for the senate we're going home and we're going to freaking like try and make the best of the life that we have right right you're the lieutenant governor of the state of pennsylvania you got a pension that's going to kick in and that that's it i mean like
0: right. this
1: guy not gonna, he had money already they're not hurting for money he could go back to braddock pennsylvania and live the rest of his life and and that's it, which is what is expected of decent people. Okay. You can't hold down that job. You're done. Right. Give somebody else a chance. Instead, it's, oh no, because we have to have that power and privilege. And if you mention this, it makes you the bad person. And it's like, wow. Okay. All right. This is like, this is the slippery slope that leads you in a real bad situation when you can't make fun of people who are desperately in need of being made fun of. And the Fettermans are, and the Bidens are, um, Zelensky is. Uh, uh, the
0: list is really endless. Harry because, and
1: Meghan are. Yeah, I, mean, I like, mean, it's just practically every one of these these privileged elite idiots out there deserves to be skewered, skewered, and it's like you're not allowed to do it. It's like eh, I don't think so. I think I think I think that we, we probably need to get nastier. And funnier and and never stop.
0: Well, you know, I said something earlier this week to in the staff meeting and, and then we should probably um, wrap up here, but I you know we're talking about the lack of free speech and what's happening on, you know Facebook and Twitter and all of these different venues where where speech is now like either not allowed to even be said, books aren't allowed to be written. Or books like Road Dahl's book is just books are like now we're gonna censor them. Now we're gonna we're gonna change them. We're gonna change them. And and so I worry, I don't think the younger generation, you know, we feel like there's been a loss, because there's been a loss. But I'm not sure that the younger generation really feels that loss. Um because they really haven't had it. Right. And, uh, so it's, um, it's just a shame anyway. So all of that to say, for those of you who are listening, that when you can't find our certain topics on Twitter, when you wonder where they go on Twitter or what happened on Facebook, if, you, if you're not seeing us, it is because if you're not finding us in search, if you're wondering you know, well, don't they make advertising dollars? No, what's happening more and more is free speech is being, the incentives are for everyone to shut up because if you don't, you are penalized financially. We said this before. I'm saying this again because it blew up this last week and has continued into this week. And um, it's going to be an ongoing uh, thing for us at the American spectator, because we've to bend the knee and not say the truth. We are going to still continue to, um, write what we believe and say the truth and it's going, And we'll be punished for it. We've been punished for it. We're going to continue to be punished for it. And so that's why we rely on you. We, we rely on you subscribing to us. We rely on your likes and your subscriptions. But even still, there's a good chance you might not be notified by Google or by YouTube when we have a new video out. You might not, even if you you have to actively find us because that's the world that we live in now. But, and I thank you for doing it. For those of you who are listening, who are sharing our content, thank you. And like us, subscribe and share because that's the way we can get it out there. You have to come to us and we appreciate you doing it. I don't know if Scott, if you have anything more to say about it. No, that's,
1: I mean, you know, I, I, we, we said it last week, it's events have proven us correct. And then some Yeah. guys, you know, we, we really need your help to get this content out and you know, everything else that's, I mean, you know, I've got the Hayride and Reviver and we depend on social media shares to push traffic for that. Now, we've got email lists on both. The Spectator's got one, obviously. Dan Flynn's got a fantastic email newsletter that comes out every morning. Um, join up all that stuff, right? Subscribe to this. Share it to your friends. Um, you know, I mean, we've got to build our own community to to, to to get the word out because big tech is basically under orders by an administration hostile to free speech yeah. To suppress everything that the that that administration doesn't like, which includes us, and probably for good reason, because as we've just as we've just talked about all the terrible things that they're up to, none of which is false, um, you know. But like they've already, I mean, the American Spectator was on a list by some British nonprofit of the you know, thirty nine
0: for by the State Department paid
1: for by the State Department. Yeah, that you know of 39 conservative websites that you know that they don't i mean real clear politics was on that list which is it's unbelievable and they'll sit there and tell you yeah well the good list is you know npr and buzzfeed and huffington post literally that's that, that was on the good list of this of this operation out of great britain that was in was basically had the power to suppress uh digital ad network um uh, uh monetization so you know that, that's the world we live in and you know you, you have to be an active consumer of content uh if you want to you know so you have to support the truth not just ingest it the way yeah, things yeah. are and um you know i i don't think this is a forever problem but it's a current problem and we're gonna have to take active steps in order to make it go away and that involves you guys so yeah, yeah.
0: Well, That's thank it. you for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week on The Spectacle. Like, subscribe, and thank you for listening. And uh, maybe we need to do another positive podcast again. We're due for one. We're due for one. Due so, for one. yeah, let's look at, look look for that next week. Let's pray some positive things happen in yeah. between now and then. Anyway, thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you next week.
1: Happy Mardi Gras, everybody.